My wife tried to kill me. So before you say that uh, you don't blame her and, you know, you can understand, I forgive you and you need to repent, okay? <laughs> Moving on. I don't enjoy, let me go back a little bit, I don't enjoy working out and lifting weights at a gym with other people. I have to do it by myself, right? Because if I lift with other people, then I get self-conscious about how much weight is on there. Like, all right, it's my turn. Can you take like half of that off, Right? And then I just tuck my tail between my legs and go home. So I started lifting by myself at home. And I was going for something a little bit heavier this time, right? But I, I wasn't sure. I was pretty confident that I could get it. I was good. But I said, honey, will you come out here halfway wanting her to just see me throw this up real quick, right? The other half, in case this collapses on my chest, I need you to save my life, right? It wasn't much. It was like eight, nine hundred pounds, and um, <laughs> just just a warm up set. But I I laid down and I was really trying to. <sighs> all right, you know, all right. I laid back, took it off the rack, got here, and got about here. It was just like, uh, uh, help, help me, help me get it. And she goes. I can't. <laughs> and it's at that moment that I realized that she had figured out how much my life insurance was. And she was, that money was just like right in, and she's like, cash in, cash in. She couldn't pick it up. She wasn't strong enough to help me, to spot me. And she's like, <laughs> I'm like, it's not funny. Get this off of me now. By the power of the Holy Spirit and my wife's guns, we were able to lift it up and get it back on the rack. And that was the first and last time that I ever allowed my wife to spot me. I realized I needed a, a better spotter, someone who could pick up the things that I could not, someone who could help me in the times where I was weak and help me in those moments. And I love my wife, and I do think she tried to kill me, but sometimes you need a little more help. It's not your fault. It's not that you're not strong enough. It's not that you're not worth enough. It's not that you don't have enough in you. It's just sometimes the battle is what makes you strong and not the completion of the battle. Does that make sense? It's not you right here and putting it on the rack and going, I'm done. Now I'm strong. You're getting stronger from here to here to here to here to here to here to here. Every step, everything you go, everywhere you go, you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Can you say amen? amen? Will you stand for the reading of God's word this morning? We are going to start 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 6. For if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. But I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me, especially because of the, because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to torment me so that I would not exalt myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace 
is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and in difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can you say amen? amen. You may be seated. It's in those moments and in those weaknesses where everything about us, everything about in our being, everything about the world, everything, when you show weakness, then you're weak. You're less. You're not worth it. You can't go. I would have done this or I would have done that. But the Bible directly contradicts everything that the world tells you yet again. That when you're weak, that's when you're strong. Because you're no longer trying to fight the battle alone. You are allowing. Isn't that a funny way to say it? You're allowing God. You're allowing God to fight the battle with you. So why on earth would we not let the creator of the universe, the one who when he speaks a miracle happens, why would we not let him fight our battles? Why would we? Why would we? I want us to have the amount of faith. I don't even want, y'all, I, I want the amount of faith that I have in, in, in God to match what my son has in me. Here's, here's the, the perfect example. I was outside lifting again, and I was, I was doing, you know, several thousand pounds. It's not worth it to go into it. But really, my son was like, wow, how much weight is that? Wow, how much weight is that? Wow, how much weight is that? And so finally I told him one time, I was just like, that right there? That's a thousand pounds. <laughs> and my, my son, believing his dad's a superhero, didn't go, no. He goes, whoa. And then I heard him go next door. He told his friend next door, y'all need to come outside and see this. My dad is lifting a thousand pounds. In the garage. You got to see this. Of course, his friend's a little older, and he's like, one, two, 50 pounds, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> thousand pounds. Your daddy lied to you. But he, he, he knew that whatever I put on that bar, I could handle. He knew it. And in the same way, I forget that God the Father sometimes, maybe he can't help me with this. Maybe this is too big for him. Maybe I, I shouldn't even bother him with this because he has so much other stuff going on. And in that leads to pride and the ability to boast because I did it all by myself. I didn't need nobody. I didn't have to have anybody help. I didn't need a spotter. God didn't even have to help me. I did it on my own. And if I do that and do that that way, the only reason that I'm doing that is so that I can boast and, and be prideful about me being able to take care of it. Amen? It says it right here, for if I want to boast, I wouldn't be a fool because I would be telling the truth. But, but I will spare you so that no one can credit me with something beyond what he sees in me or hears from me. Especially because of the extraordinary revelations. Therefore, so that I would not exalt myself. A thorn 
in the flesh was given to me. Now, when Paul writes this, I, the, the thorn is not an accurate representation of what he's talking about. It's not, it's not a thorn on a flower. It's not a thorn on a rose. The, the direct translation is more so like a stake being driven into someone's side. Not pricking your finger, but agonizing pain. Agonizing, right? Just awful to torment. To torment. The Greek translation is, is closer to, to being beat down. So Paul is pleading with God three different times to take this stake that is causing him agonizing pain in his life, that is tormenting him or beating him down to the point to where he doesn't realize or doesn't think that he can handle it anymore. Take this from me. And God's response is no. No. My grace is sufficient. That's enough. My power is perfected in weakness. I have to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be weak up here for a second, okay? Is that all right? Because I think God's going to perfect. <laughs> God's going to perfect some, some of his power right now. Here is a weakness of mine. I get overwhelmed easily. And when I get overwhelmed, I shut down. I've had a lot on my plate here recently. I've had, I coach my, my daughter's middle school soccer team, and that's every day. And, and, and I work stuff. Went to mow the yard the other day, and my, my mower just seized up on me. I don't know how to, y'all know I don't know how to fix that. My weed eater, I get my weed eater to work. And I mow my yard, my neighbor's yard, and my mom's yard. And so I have all of them looking at me going, why aren't you mowing our yard? I, I'm getting ready for this Emmaus walk coming up. I'm, I'm trying to coordinate teams and get that stuff together. I, I was preaching today, and it's just, it's just been a couple weeks where just like so much on my plate. And instead of me going, you know what? All right, I'm going to do this first. Let me look at the mower. Let me do this. Let me do this. And there's, and there's even more stuff. You know what I did? Nothing. For any of it. Just shut down. Just sat there and just wallowed. Just, there ain't no way I can get all this done. There ain't no way. I just can't. I just sat there and, and, and instead of giving any energy to any of the one things to check them off my list, I did zero for any of it. And I let people down. And so when I started letting people down and people were looking at me like, hey, you know, we need this. Or, hey, I need you to mow my yard. Or, hey, I need, and I'm just like, <laughs> And there was a moment where I just gave up. And God's like, thank you. <laughs> That's what I've been waiting for. He said, here's the sermon. Here's the contacts for Emmaus. Here's this. This guy's going to come mow your yard. Here's this. And he just kind of laid all this stuff out. And it just made me... So thankful that God is a good God. He's a good father. And I know, I know that there are people in this room that are dealing with something, that, that feel overwhelmed, that feel overworked and underappreciated and feel like there's too much on your plate and that you're, there's no way you can get not all of it done, but not even a single thing done. And there's just, there's too much. There's, there's thorn in your side. 
stakes that are causing you agony. There's torment and you feel like you're beat down. But God is screaming to you, screaming and saying, my grace, my unmerited favor and love and authority and protection and belonging of your life is enough. It's sufficient. It's not almost enough. It's everything that you could ever ask. Every battle that you could ever go through. It's victorious. You're provided for. You're there. You're there. And God wants to perfect his power and remind you how much he's got your back if you would only allow him to. Allow yourself to be weak so that God could be strong. Why on earth are we trying to have a flexing competition with God? God, you did this? Oh, yeah? Well, I did this. All by myself. So silly. That's so, it's so, it's funny. But we do it. We do it. Oh, yeah, God, well, you did that? Well, I did this. And you know what? I did it. Yeah, everybody, I want everybody to look at me and say I did it. That's, it's, it's, it's the opposite of what he's trying to tell us. But yet we fall into that pattern over and over and over again because it doesn't make any sense. Why would we go into a, a gym, sitting out on the bench next to somebody else who's lifting, and go, oh yeah, I've got less weight on mine. <laughs> Stronger than you are, dude. That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? I've got more weight. I'm lifting it 100 times. You barely got that one time. Yep, weaker, stronger. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. And yet, it makes perfect sense. Because we want to be good leaders. We want to, we want to be able to, to do things and we want to be able to go and, and, and do the things and, and, and lead people to Christ. Man, I, 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 saw, I saw my three-year-old stand right here. And I saw my seven-year-old have his hand on him praying for him. I saw my 11-year-old have her hand on him praying for him. And then I saw my wife praying for the 11. Okay. Okay. And it was all God. I sat down and tried to do lessons and pray and teach and do all these things. And my kids would go, cool. Yeah, cool story, Dad. That's really neat. Then I'm like, all right, hey, go do this thing. Go meet Jesus. And they do. I heard something yesterday that stuck with me, and, and, and a couple of you heard it too, but I, it has just rung, like, wah, 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 rung in my ear all day. Jesus broke the bread to feed the multitudes. And he fed thousands with broken pieces. He fed thousands with someone's brokenness. He's wanting to feed your family, your friends, everybody that you know. He's wanting to feed them with the broken parts of you that he put together in your weakness that the strength was made perfect in, that you can see where this person failed, but God showed up, picked them back up. He's wanting to save the world through your brokenness, because that's the only way that we can ever get put back together. Ever. 
Moses. Y'all have heard of him, right? Y'all know Moses, right? No? Y'all need to go to church more. Moses was the greatest leader in the Old Testament. Greatest, strongest leader, right? When you think of Moses, you think of a strong leader. Might not have started out that way, but he was strong in the Lord. And he led and did what God asked him to do. But Numbers 12.3 says this about Moses. Moses was a very humble man. More so than anyone on the face of the earth. It wasn't his strength. It wasn't his strength at all. He was just the most willing to allow God to do something with him and take zero credit for it. Zero. Not me. Him. Not me. Him. Not me. Him. Everything he did, everything he said, he was the most humble person on the planet. Francis Chan had a book, and in the book it said that how cool would it be if the body of Christ tried to outserve each other? I'm going to serve more than you. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going to serve more than you. I won't sleep because I'm out praying, right? Just like outserve each other. But I want to take that a step forward because even the outserving, I think, can get competitive. And look what I did. Oh, yeah, look what I did. Well, look what I, I did this, right? I woke up at three. I woke up at two, you know. So what if we could outserve the body of Christ and out humble the body of Christ? Not worried about what position I get or, or how many times I get to do this or, or what people say or see or, or hear. What if, what if no one ever heard your name ever again? Would that be okay? If no one ever realized that you did anything ever again, would that be okay? And in that, God's strength for our lives can be made perfect. Perfect. There's a moment of surrender that happens in our lives where we just quit white-knuckling whatever it is, whatever addiction, whatever pride, whatever sin, whatever relationship, whatever thing that you have that you're just like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it by myself. Like you squeeze your hand so hard it begins to hurt. Your fingernails are digging into your palms just because you, I don't want to give up. I don't want to be a quitter. I don't want to be weak. You see my hand? You see that white knuckle that happens? You know why? The blood. And in the release and in the surrender is when you receive the blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? Can't do it without the blood. You can't do it without the blood. So whatever you're white knuckling, whatever you're holding on to, whatever it is, release it. Receive the blood of Christ because only then can we receive whatever it is that he has for us. Because his grace is sufficient. His grace is enough. It is enough. Stop holding on so tight. Let go. He's there. It's not only that he's going to catch you if you're going to fall. You're not even going to fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's there. 
He's willing and wants to provide, protect, and love you with everything that you have. His grace is sufficient. That thorn in the side that you have, everybody has one. Everybody. Every single person has something that goes, oh, this is that thorn, that stake in my side that causes agony in my life. That just, God, please take this away from me. Please allow me to be able to not just, everything will be fine if I just don't have to deal with this agonizing, beating down that, that, that is causing me to, to just be distracted. Just get it away. Everybody has it. And there's been times and times and times where I know I, I can't speak for y'all, but I've prayed and prayed and prayed, and God said, no. And I went, why not? And then I realized, I realized that there was something that needed to be broken down so that scar tissue could form over it and be stronger than it was. So then the next time, I lifted it. And I lifted it because I could figure it out or or not because I could do it, but but God had provided a way for me to be able to not have my strength, but his in me for the rest of my life. I used to stand up here and I used to tell people, you can't just walk into a gym, throw all the weights on there and pick it up. You got to do things to make yourself strong. You got to start somewhere to be strong. You got to do something to make yourself strong. And I think I was wrong. I think it was wrong. I've said that a lot. But you have to allow God to do things in your life to make you strong. Again, allow Him. Surrender. Give up control to whatever decision, to whatever it is that you think you're trying to do by yourself. You're not doing it by yourself. Because if you get to do it by yourself, then you are isolating yourself. And guess what the enemy of God wants? You to be by yourself. And so when you start doing things by yourself, when you're not transparent about the things that you're weak in, when you don't have somebody that you can reach out and be like, hey, will you please pray for me? Hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I'm dealing with this. When you don't have that, you're by yourself. And the enemy is prowling, seeking to devour Those who are by themselves. You have backup here. You're part of a body here. But even more so, don't separate yourself from the Holy Spirit. Don't do it. Because you'll sink. Quit holding on so tight. And receive the blood. You may say, you know, easier said than done. But I want to take you to Matthew 26. Start at verse 37. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. You don't hear that very often about Jesus, that he was sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, he fell face down and prayed. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he asked Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and 
and pray so that, that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass, unless I drink it, your will be done. They came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. We've all heard and, and mentioned where Jesus said, hey, if there's any other way, can we like work this out somehow to where I don't have to do this? But I like the second thing he says. If there's no other way except for me to take this in, drink in this pain and anguish, your will be done. I want that for my life. I want my children to be able to see me if something gets hard, not go, please, can you take this away? I'll, I'll ask two, okay, I'll ask three times. Please, can you take this thorn out of my side? Can you take this stake that's giving me this agony? Can you, I feel beat down. Can you, can you, can you help? Uh, can you help, please? I want my children to see me go, if this is what you need, I will drink it dry and take this cup and drink it. If that is your will, if that is what you would have of me, then that is what I would do. If that is where you need me to go, then that's where I go. If that is what you need me to do, then that's what I'll do. Yeah. Not my will. Yours. Because I know, I know in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And that's what we need. We don't need strong people. We don't need tough people. We need some weak, surrendered quitters. Sounds crazy, right? But we need people who just give up on trying to do it themselves. Throw in their towel at the altar so that they can get on their knees and cover their face with it because they're crying and repenting forever having to try to do it themselves. That is what we need. That is what I, I need. That is what I have to do. I have to. Whatever it is, send me, Lord. Whatever you would ask. I'll go, Lord. Whatever it is, I'm tired of white-knuckling and trying to do everything on my own. When I have a hard time, guess what? You're going to hear about it, honey. Paul, I'm going to tell you about it. Hello. Paul gets mad at me all the time because he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. Oh. Yeah, cool. How are you? I'm good. So for real, how are you? I'm good. Just lie to him. Just straight to my pastor's face. Good. Leave me alone. We need... We need quitters. We need surrendered people. We need people who are willingly, openly allowing God to work in their life, whatever fashion that takes, whatever that looks like, whatever it is, to be able to have a posture of strength is not standing, flexing in the mirror. This is not a posture of strength. It's not a posture where you're ready to fight. It's not a posture where you see a battle coming towards you and you take your sword out and you're ready. That's not the posture of strength. The posture of strength is like a child right here. When Jesus walked into the garden, he said, I'm, 
I'm sorrowful to the point, I'm grieved to the point of death. And instead of going, ah, he fell on his face. Jesus Christ fell on his face. I got to do what he did. I got to do and be like he was. I've, I've got to. It's the only way. And so, if you're feeling strong this morning, repent. If you feel like you got it figured out this morning, repent. If you feel like you've done something for the kingdom, repent. Allow him to receive not 99% of the credit for how your life is going but a hundred and ten. If you feel weak in here today, congratulations. Now God can use you and work and change something in you. If you came in here weak and beaten down and in agony, like you've got a stake or two or three sticking out of you and you are tormented, congratulations. You're in the right spot. You're you're here. You've not been forsaken. You've not been left behind. You've not been forgotten about. He never left you. He never forsaken you. He's been waiting for you to go. Okay. Take it. No matter how bad it is that you're not wanting to give it up, God wants to take it from you even more. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. Everybody's tried to do it by themselves. Everybody's tried to be stronger than what they should. Everybody, everybody has sinned. But, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That those who would believe in Him and confess with their mouths that He is Lord, you'll be saved. Stop trying to save yourself, stop trying to work on yourself. Allow God to save you and allow God to work on and in you. It's what he does.